Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Sunday night time together. I welcome you and bless you as you have taken time to come and listen and enjoy, but most of all, be involved in the presence of the Lord. Every time that we gather together and talk about the things of God, the kingdom of God, the goodness of God, the scriptures tell us that there's a recording angel that makes a note of that, writes it down, however they, <laughs> however they record it nowadays. Because when people get together and talk about the Lord, it attracts the, the, the uh, heavenly host. It attracts the Holy Spirit's anointing. Hallelujah. You can't, you can't get away from the presence of the Lord when you discuss the good things of God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Coming into the studio as I prepared tonight, I was reminded by the Holy Spirit of uh, a story or a, that I heard repeated about uh, Bob Jones. <clears throat> Bob Jones was uh, one of our senior prophets in this last number of years. He's gone on to be with the Lord now. <clears throat> Several years ago, he uh, actually died, went to heaven in his physical part of a form. In other words, he had been to, he, he went to heaven four or five times a day in the spirit, but he actually died. And as he got there, Jesus said, have you learned to love yet, Bob? Well, that, <clears throat> that was a shock to him. He thought he was, thought he was a lover and God sent him back. He lived quite a few more years. And in that process of time, had learned to love. Now, <clears throat> I bring that up because the power of love and the command to love is, is either misunderstood or we just let it slip by us because the scriptures are really uh, clear. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and thy neighbor as thyself. Well, <clears throat> the neighbor is not necessarily just the guy next door. It's anyone outside of your family circle. We love our family. If you're, if you've got any decency at all, you love your family. But the further we get out on that relational circle, the less we even attempt to love. I believe that you can't discern and and have empathy and passion for anybody you don't love. So if there's a problem with people, if there's a problem with nationalities, if there's a problem with political differences, if if there's a problem with the, uh, the color of our skin or the height of our bodies, you know, some people are prejudiced against tall people or short people, you know. So if there's, if there's, if you're dealing with that, ask the Lord to release his love through you and make the, commi the commitment to love one another. Amen. You do know that the Holy Spirit is our helper, not our doer. 
So we, we give that desire, Lord, teach me to love. Give me the ability to love. Show me how to love. Amen. Well, we're dealing with worldwide challenges, nations that are rising up against nations. We're to love our enemies. Wow. Talk about the challenge there, especially people that are cruel and, and, and uh, ugly in the sense of their actions. <clears throat> God says, love your enemies and pray for those that despitefully use you. All right. Well, <laughs> wow. <clears throat> that's, that's the core. That's the very foundation of everything we do. If we move in the gifts and uh, pray for people, heal the sick, whatever, and we, we don't have any love, it's all sounding brass and tinkling cymbals, according to the scripture. It doesn't have any substance to it. Everything we do comes out of the ability to love one another. Wow. Okay, well, that dropped on me as I came into the studio. I wanted to share it with you. All right. I want to talk today about uh, Matthew 13, give you some thoughts that I uh, was cruising through Matthew 13, and I wanted to review some of the things God's talking to me about this morning. I'm George Watkins. If I hadn't said that, I'll say it again. And also, thank you for subscribing, and thank you for all the support that you give um, in prayers and in good comments and in in the notes you send me and the finances that come our way. Thank you so much for all that. It keeps us going forward. This is going to be a great year. This is our sixth year, but something's cooking in my spirit. I believe there's going to be some development of what we're doing on this particular channel and the things that we're doing on the Internet. I'm excited about it. Praise God. Well, the 13th uh, chapter of Matthew is probably one of the most exciting set of teachings that Jesus did, at least in um, this condensed recorded form. We don't have all the recordings that Jesus taught, obviously, but this is uh, kind of the, the bones of it, I think. But it's the parables. And in the 13th chapter, we have the farmer and the seed. We have the, uh, the, the wheat sown and then the tares, the wild wheats come up and so forth. We have uh, the, the, the parable of uh, the lost uh, coins, uh, the hidden treasures, the, uh, the tiny mushroom seeds, the, fish, the, the fishing net uh, ex, uh, example or parable. Now, Jesus said some things. I'm not going to talk about the parables in themselves, but I want to, I just want you to see the setting that this teaching is in. And then there's a couple of thoughts here that I want to bring out. I'm in the, in the uh, Passion Bible. And he said, <clears throat> consider this. There was a farmer who went out to sow seeds and he cast his seeds some fell along the beaten path. Now, that's one of our more familiar ones. Some fell on hard ground, some fell on stony ground, thorny ground, so forth. 
Then he said, some fell on good ground. All right. All of these examples are talking about the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of God is not just one slice of time. Kingdom of God is the story of the beginnings and the endings. Everything that happens between the Genesis and the end of our uh, eternities here, or our time here until eternity, is the kingdom of God. There's a lot of theological badminton, you know, ping pong back and forth on the kingdom of God. Is it here? Is it coming? Was it there? When did it start? Uh, there's even some teachers now that are claiming it's starting now. Well, I believe it started when Jesus was here. That's my opinion. And I believe I've, <laughs> I've got some scripture for it. We're not teaching on that today. Okay. Now, <clears throat> he goes on, the, the, the disciples, after these, uh, these um, um, parables, would take him aside. And in this first setting, in the, uh, <laughs> have I mentioned, I don't like the, the uh, Passion Bible uh, for one reason. I mean, I don't like one thing about it. I like the Passion Bible. You, they made the uh, number on the verses so small, you have to have a magnifying glass to find them. And that I do not like. Okay, well, <laughs> sorry for the distraction there. Then his disciples approached Jesus and asked, why do you always speak to people in these hard to understand parables? He explained, you've been given the intimate experience of insight into the hidden mysteries of the realm of heaven, of heaven's kingdom, but they have not. Wow. Do you understand and do you you know, grasp the miracle of revelation that we walk in and know. Now, I realize that we talk about the ones who know a lot and the ones who, you know, <laughs> don't know much. But everything beginning, I mean, just the beginnings of our revelation of the cross and the resurrection is, is, huge compared to what the disciples knew at that time before the cross before the resurrection they didn't understand the kingdom they had no knowledge of what god had in mind with jesus christ why he came he came to die came to give himself they did not understand that there was no theology or teaching in the old testament that the messiah was going to come and die according to judas for instance he was looking for a political realm you know and the, the disciples, will you at this time restore the kingdom? They were expecting the Messiah to come and run Rome out and, you know, beat up the bad guys and restore the old Davidic nations, our nation, you know, the king. So they had no idea. Now, you and I know this. That's a revelation. That's, that's so supernatural and powerful. But we miss it because it's common, you know. We know this, we know that, and so forth. Well, they he said, you don't, you don't realize what you're hearing 
is so supernatural. Now he goes on to talk about some of the other parables and uh, each one of them are a snapshot of the kingdom of God and how it operates and how it comes and how it manifests itself. So he goes, he says, although they listen, he's talking about these people who cannot hear for everyone who listens with an open heart will receive progressively more revelation. I, uh, one of my first encounters with a person, a young, a young woman that was um, captured by the enemy. She was a, a, a Christian. She loved the Lord, believed in God. But somehow she had been captured in the sense where she was bound. Now, I hesitate to say demon-possessed. I think that's a misnomer in a lot of cases, but certainly controlled or bound or hindered and, and you know, in a box. And we prayed for her, and she said, the thing came on me when I sat in church and began to say to myself, I don't believe that, that preacher's wrong there, I don't, I don't think that's true, and, and, the, and the continual rejection opened her up for a bondage that was pretty severe at the end. So Jesus goes on to say here, a progressive revelation until he has more than enough but those who don't listen with an open, teachable heart, even the understanding that they think they have will be taken away from them. Remember the um, parable of in Matthew 25, the uh, master leaves town and has three servants. He gives to one servant five talents, to another servant two talents, and to another one one talent. Now, that was a lot of money. Some say it was a year's wages. I, I, I'm not sure exactly, but it was a, it was more than a, a couple of bucks. When he comes back, he 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 expects increase because he's he's a businessman. He that's the way life goes. Well, you know that the guy with the one talent buried it, but the guy with the five talents increased and because he increased he got from the one god gave it to the one to the guy that already had multiple talents right here he says let me let me read it for you again this has to do with your open heart it has to do with your 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 uh, ability not not so much your ability your <clears throat> decision you have, the, you have the ability to believe. The scriptures tell us that God has given to every man, man or woman, every man a measure, the measure of faith. So every person on earth has the ability to believe in God, to believe there is a God, to believe in the fact that they have been created and they can open their heart to that. And as they open their heart to the creator, then the, then the uh, Savior you know, the saving power of Christ and it comes and is revealed to us. But this says here, they're, they're, the disciples are asking the question, why and what's this all about? Jesus says, you don't understand how, uh, how, how important it is that you can hear 
and the revelation I'm giving you, you're receiving it. But he says, for everyone who listens with an open heart will receive progressively revelation. The more you open your heart, the more you receive. The uh, Ezekiel 47 has a uh, repetitive story. At least in my life, I've preached it a lot. It's the man with the th- with, that crosses the river. The vision is a vision. Crosses the river and there's a man with a, a yardstick, a, a, measuring, a measuring stick of a thousand cubics, measuring cord. And he keeps crossing the river. And every time the river gets deeper and deeper and deeper until it's he's swimming in it. That's always to me been an, a, 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 an example or a, a picture form of progressive revelation. The more we open our heart, the more he is revealed. You can go to a church and they believe in salvation. It could be a, a traditional church where you shake hands with the preacher, walk the aisle, or sign the book. However they, however they do it, something triggers uh, your desire to know Jesus. Now, if you, if you sit in that church and they have no progressive revelation, you'll stay in that, you'll stay in that place unless you have some personal hunger. If you have personal hunger, you'll start cheating as it were and listening to other speakers and people and you know the internet's so wonderfully full of some great uh, revelation now if you sit there and only get that revelation there's no progress and if you don't do something with the revelation you have which in this case would be salvation by faith, believing in the cross and the blood and uh, you love Jesus and, you know, you want to go to heaven someday. If you sit in that place, you will be in the, in the, uh, you know, the illustration of the man with the one talent. He buried it. And the scriptures tell us that because he didn't progress, because he didn't have an open heart to invest and increase the master came and took it from him and gave it to another now here's another snapshot of that same <clears throat> that same truth jesus says for everyone who listens with an open heart i'm in the 32nd verse of matthew 13 in the in the passion bible For everyone who listens with an open heart will receive progressively more revelation until he has more than enough. (laughs) Oh, thank you for more than enough, Lord. But those who don't listen with an open, teachable heart, even the understanding that they think they have will be taken from them. That's why I teach the people using parables, because they think they're looking for truth. Yet because their hearts are unteachable, they never discover it. Although they will listen to me, they'll never fully perceive the message I speak. The prophecy of Isaiah describes them perfectly. Now, the reason that this is here so I can share it with you today and myself and as generations have read this, 
that God could speak to them about having an open heart. The difference between sitting in church and oh hum, when is the next song and how soon are we going to get out of here? That type of heart is not open. Now, I realize after you've been in church for 50 years and they're doing the same thing every service, it could be a little challenge. <laughs> now, <clears throat> my sister, the one that stepped through the veil a couple of years ago, was a deep well. She was so far into the things of God that a lot of people didn't understand her at all. But she was a prayer person, a, prayer, a person of insight. And she went to a particular church in uh, Oregon and uh, was not recognized as, as uh, Hebrews 11, you know, those, that hall of fame and the hall of faith. She would have been right in there. And she would pray in the speakers that would come to that church over the years. God would give her a revelation. And she wasn't a leader in the church. She, they, didn't, they didn't recognize her as, as a spiritual uh, leader. She would get a vision, get a, a dream or a vision or, or, a, or a revelation. And she would pray that speaker in. She would mention it in the, on occasion, and and you know the leaders would say, "Oh no, we're never going to have them." And then six months later, here they come. Now, in the midst of all of the things that go on in a church that you're in, that you cannot, uh, you know, you don't, you're not hearing from the pulpit anything that's stirring your heart. You need to have a personal journey yourself. You can't expect your pastor to chew it for you and give it to you in a, you know, pablum form. You need to get your teeth, your spiritual teeth into the revelations of God and begin to ask the Lord for an understanding heart. Amen. An understanding heart. Now, these, uh, this chapter goes on in a couple other statements here that I want to bring out to you. He's talking about um, many prophets in the uh, 36th verse. I have to squint my eyes to read this. He says, many prophets and godly people yearn to see these days of miracles that you've been favored to see. Now he's talking about to the disciples. They would have given anything to hear the revelation you've been favored to hear. The disciples were able to take him aside and ask him questions. Can you imagine that? I've been around a few superstars. Now, I don't say that in a, in a derogatory form, but we do have our Christian superstars that we really admire, and they do have a word from the Lord. And when you get around them, you can you can feel you know you can feel the draw. Woo! There's an anointing, and what it does for us, it gives we give them honor, and it causes us to to want to receive from them. I've been around a few of them, and to ask them a question is an honor. Wow, to just be in their presence for a bit and say, how did you do it? I've had two or three or four mentors in my life I was able to do that with over the years. There was a, <clears throat> there was a man from uh, New Zealand, um, 
preaching in um, Washington, D.C., 1962, I believe it was. Might, might have been 63. I was traveling through there doing some revival services and meetings to the East Coast. And he had been preaching every night in this particular church in Washington, D.C. for six months. Now, he was an evangelist. He would go home on Sunday to visit his family and come back and preach through the whole week every night. Supernatural things I'd never seen before. He was, do, he was teaching things I hadn't, nobody had ever said to me before. And he asked me back in the back room one night, and I sat with him. And I was able to ask him some questions. And I it affected my entire future, some of the things he told me. Now, put that little example into a disciple going into the house after the crusade with Jesus. That's what Matthew 13 does. It takes the disciples from the mass crowd into the house and Jesus begins to give them revelation. I'm encouraging you today to open your heart to revelation. I'm encouraging you to ask the Lord for more of God's understanding. If you don't, you'll lose what you have and it'll become boring and you will become discouraged and you'll become overwhelmed by the things that are going on in the world around us. And you'll think that there's no hope for America and the world and it's the end of the world. Be careful about buying into the end of the world, the theolo- you know, eschatology right now. It's gonna come, it's gonna come strong again. They're going to come back with, well, this is it. This is, we're over. Amen. Don't do that. I just tuned into a, uh, a fresh message from Rick Joyner. <clears throat> and he's got such a powerful word on what uh, he, he sees in the spirit about these next months, weeks, and years ahead of us. And how that <clears throat> there is trouble and there is problems coming, but God's got a plan for us. If you have a mind to go to YouTube, tune up Rick Joyner, and you'll find it. It's just recently, last couple of weeks. Now, I encourage you to open your heart to revelation. Hallelujah. Matthew 13. He goes on to say in in, um, 34th verse, I will speak to you in allegories. I will reveal secrets that have been concealed since before the foundation of the world. Secrets that have been concealed. Paul says the same thing. Things that have been hidden from generations and ages is now revealed to you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Nobody knew that. We have heard that. We know it. And because of that, we walk in revelation that the world has never known in the way that God is revealing it to us today. Wow, I am blown away by some of these things. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a phrase I'm going to leave you with today. Verse um, 53. <laughs> Amen. I'm laughing at myself for having to squint at those numbers. <clears throat> It says after, this is uh, 
this is at the end of the chapter, uh, just about. He talks about uh, after the last parable, right after Jesus taught this series of parables, he left from there. I'm going to throw a little curveball at you here for a minute. Right after Jesus taught this series of parables, he left from there. Now, zip down into the into the um, um, Passion Bible uh, comment section. The Greek word for left is met met arrow met arrow, the Greek word, and it means to depart or to be lifted up and taken from one place to another. <laughs> uh oh, watch out. Watch out. There's things here we may not have been taught. That word means to be lifted up and taken from one place to another. Do you think Jesus might have been transported like Philip was? Whoa. Think that's possible? Well, Philip certainly was. He was taken from one place to another after he ministered to the to the eunuch, Ethiopian eunuch out there in the desert. Don't you suppose Jesus had that same experience? There's another place in the scriptures where he was, they were going to kill him, push him off a cliff, and he walked through the midst of them. He hid himself in the temple. What does that mean? Now, he's packed together with an angry crowd. I mean, like face to face. You see some of these riots. And he he sneaks off and hides himself behind a curtain in the temple. No, 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 no. He hid himself in the spiritual cloak of invisibility and walked through them and went home. This says this here. Right after Jesus taught these series of parables in 13th chapter of Matthew, the Greek word says, he was, he was lifted up and taken from one place to another. Okay, I'll leave you with that today. Just to stir your curiosity. There's more to this than you see. More to this than we know. And why is that important? Because that's the progressively, revel, that's a progressive revelation. Day by day, hour by hour, we know more about Jesus and about the Father. I love you guys and gals. I thank God every day for the ability to be able to spend time with you and to share the good things of God. Oh, boy. coming Monday's coming quick. We'll be here in the morning, 4, four o'clock for our Eastern people. They get up earlier than we. So they're able to tune it up at 7 a.m. as they're having our, their coffee. <laughs> Amen. I love that. All right. <clears throat> Don't forget. The things you do for the for the channel helps it go out. This algorithm on the internet, the more likes, the more comments, the more you share, all that really helps. So thank you for that. And thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your kindness back to me. It keeps me going forward. Until tomorrow morning, may the Lord bless you and may the revelation of the Lord continue in your life and bring you joy unspeakable.